0: Hey, this is James Rolfe, and we're talking about Judas Priest. Uh, The new album, Firepower, just came out less than a week ago, and I just happened to have seen them live on the first date of the tour, and it was pretty awesome. So let's talk about it. And if
1: you've got another thing coming, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. James Rolfe of Cinemassacre stopped by after seeing Judas Priest live and he decided to talk about firepower, painkiller, British Steel, and everything in between. So before we get into that, I'm going to go ahead and say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher tune in radio so if you have an amazon echo or a google home you have no excuse ask it to play the latest episode of the discography discussion podcast and it will we're also on facebook and on twitter at discuss metal be sure to like favorite and subscribe it really helps us out it lets us know you're listening and now dan is going to tell you all about five star reviews
2: we love five star reviews here on discography discussion We've actually added functionality now to our Facebook page where you can leave us a review right on Facebook. If you go to facebook.com slash discography discussion, you can leave us a starred review of however you feel about the podcast and we will read it on the show. We actually have a nice five-star review from Facebook this week from Brian Dean. Brian says, The majestic trio of Dan the Hardcore Man, Emo Jeff, and Dubstep Joe. Bring all the knowledge you'll ever need about the bands you know and love. Love the show. Well, thank you very much, Brian. Um, I'm sure you'll be hearing from Jeff's lawyer about uh, him being Emo Jeff. I think it's time we talk to James Rolfe.
0: Hey! Hey, what's going on? I bet you're tired. A little bit, no, not not too bad, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I have witnessed the priest unload the firepower. Oh my oh god! Oh
2: shit, <laughs> man!
3: I'm I'm excited slash jealous because this is this is such a good album.
0: Yeah, it is.
2: Yeah, when that thing dropped, I mean, it's a you know. Here's the thing: I expected it to be good. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to be this good. Just just yeah. for the just for the age of the band, you know, uh, and you know, you, you wonder like. You know, I mean, their last one, Nostradamus, wasn't really, wasn't too bad either, you know. Mm-hmm. But this was like, this is like old school Priest, but it sounds yeah. super modern, you know? It does, yeah.
3: Perfect job of going power metal and hard rock. It just, they they walk that line perfectly on this album.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of like, um, a little bit more like British Steel, kind of like, yeah. you know, has like a hook to it you know it's more like going for like a radio kind of hit but but still keeping a lot of uh you know that edge it's still metal as fuck but yeah <laughs> yeah do you, do you guys have a favorite song on the album oh
1: out of the three times i've listened to it i'm still stuck on firepower just right off the fucking bat yeah necromancer for me
2: uh, mm.
3: i i have to admit like like anthemic in the car top of the lungs never the heroes man I I love singing that at the top of my lungs in the car. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I I think Firepower is still my favorite.
3: Yeah, it's probably the best song on there, but I don't know what it is, but it's just so easy to sing along to Never the Heroes.
0: It is.
1: I was amazed that in 2018 there's a Judas Priest record that sounds Mm -hmm. like every good thing they did previous with modern influence. Mm -hmm. And oh everybody else take notes because good god these guys are 67 plus and they're still doing it
0: yeah it it did seem like they slowed down for a while like after nostradamus they kind of just didn't do much for a little while but then they came back with redeemer of souls and then i was just like holy shit like this is just amazing and then it's like wait a minute we're getting another one now and then firepower comes out it's just been like they've been on
1: was rob able to pull it off
0: yeah, and uh, for, you know, for the listeners, I was actually at the first date of the show, either uh, the first day of the tour, last night. Um, so, uh, yeah, Halford, uh, you could tell he was ready. Like he was just waiting for this. Like they they came out swinging. Um, you know, I mean, you can tell when he's in a good mood, uh, just by the parts and the songs where he's not singing, and like how much is he moving around. Cause I've seen, you know, I've seen him a bunch of times now, and and every once in a while, there's one where it's like, you know, he'll he'll walk off the stage during the solo, the solo or something, just because like I don't know, maybe he's like, he had to go to the bathroom or who knows, but uh, like this was one, he was just totally like on it the whole uh, night.
3: Yeah, he found Ozzy's bucket. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I'm glad you, the, uh, on the listening to the album. It's the only time I think that he shows his age is actually when he's using his falsetto. His chest voice is still just like you can't tell th- that that you know that's an older man up there that he sounds still fresh and young. It sounds great. I mean, the only time and it's just a hint of it a little bit on the falsetto. It's really mm-hmm. not that bad. So I'm glad he was able to pull it off in person because I was wondering. I was going to ask you how much of uh, firepower is studio and how much was that still Rob? And it sounds like that was still Rob.
0: Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, especially you know, my favorite recent song there is actually uh, "Halls of Valhalla" from Redeemer of Souls. Like that one to me, that's like one of the greatest hits, in in my opinion, um, like the falsettos on that one are just like ridiculous. Um, Battle cry. That one's pretty crazy. But but talking about the new one. Uh, oh, you know, I wanted to comment on. I loved his uh, his clothing. Like just you know, he always comes out with these like new like fashions and everything. Like he had this one outfit that was like silver that was, like, it was silver as fuck. It, it looked like you just melted down a bunch of steel and, like, formed it to his body. He was wearing chrome, basically. Yeah, yeah. he was basically just, like, wearing chrome, and, like, it kind of reflected off of, like, all the light and everything.
3: Oh, that's cool. So it's, it really like, awesome. Robert Patrick from, uh, Terminator 2?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Almost, yeah. <laughs> Almost like the T-1000. Nice. This is but, the but, uh, T-1001! Uh, you what, know, the only <laughs> thing I, 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 I didn't think about till now but the only thing uh missing from the show was pyro not that it matters i, I don't care but uh for an album called firepower you think there'd be tons of pyro and maybe because it's the first night of the tour maybe they just didn't have the pyro you know all set up yet
2: yeah i expected on flamethrower you know pull up an actual flamethrower but yeah,
0: yeah
3: actually, this isn't a
1: rammstein show right game. i know i know it's like yeah, people yeah. might well there's a yeah, be flamethrower bad, but... is one of the songs on there so it makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, my favorite question to ask mm-hmm. about every concert is, what song did you hear that you didn't expect them to play?
0: Wow. You know what? If anybody who's going to the, the, the show, um, I'll keep it a secret, uh, just in case, like, you know, I mean, because if, if you want to know, any anybody could look them up, look up the set list, but, uh, you know, how e- easy it is nowadays. Like, the whole show's on YouTube already, you know, all that. Ugh. So Of course,
2: yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know what we're doing later. <laughs>
0: yeah but I will will say though if you're going to the show and and you want it you know you want it to be secret um, I will tell you that you're gonna have some really cool surprises like really like they really dug deep Um, like not only was it You know, seeing the live debut of you know their new songs, but I also saw the live debut of some old songs that they've never played live before. Live debut of some old songs. Mm. Yeah, are we talking
3: like going all the way back to like rock and rolla kind of old or Uh,
0: pretty? I mean, not quite that old, but almost there. But Um, older than
3: Hellbent and for leather. Okay, I'm guessing it
0: was. It was like it seemed like this set list was. um, I mean, if you're a uh, like a new fan or if you're uh or just the average person maybe who who doesn't know who hasn't listened to every single thing from their entire catalog um i don't think it's the it's the best set list for the beginner but for like a you know an old school fan like it's it's like you're just gonna get all these like cool treats like like as soon as like a song starts i'm like wait wait this is happening. Really?
1: Oh, that's so awesome. That's cool. See, now you got me curious. I just want to start asking, but we're going to keep it a secret. <laughs> no, we'll keep it a secret. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so how long
2: did they play? Was it like two hours? Or
0: Yeah, it was probably like two hours, something like that. And there was uh, Black Star Riders and um, uh, Saxon were the opening bands. Oh, Ooh, hell Saxon. yeah. I didn't know nice Saxon. Fu- yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I was seeing Saxon until like because i was looking on their site i was trying to figure out who are the opening bands who are the opening bands and then so i just go to the show i'm like all right whatever and see what happens and then like the you know the the, the curtain goes up and it says saxon on and i'm like no Oh shit. <laughs> well
2: yeah for a band like judas priest it's not like they're you know pulling some locals in you know for that so yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's crazy that you get a band like saxon on there
0: yeah it's it's really appropriate just like another one of the uh, classic british bands with the uh dual guitar attack that they all kind of you know pioneered that's
3: what i love about the old british power metal and it's actually one of the things that i like about the uh melodic death metal that came out of sweden too is i like that dual guitars man that just that that gets that gets you going every every time i don't think uh priest is going to be coming to our area but we found out that slayer is coming to our area
2: yeah we're about to go see what is it slayer napalm death lamb of god napalm death uh anthrax testament and uh yeah and so, yeah so that's gonna be a that's gonna be a hell of a show too it's slayer's oh. farewell tour so yeah Their farewell tour yeah. farewell yeah.
0: i never thought i'd get to the day where i'm hearing about slayer's farewell tour that's
2: i don't know don't you feel pretty... old i yeah <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a weird feeling
0: <laughs> That is weird.
2: I remember when Slayer was like the scariest band you could talk about to people. You know, like yeah, <laughs> you wear you wear a, a Slayer shirt, you know, to a public gathering and people are talking about it. You know, like
0: mm-hmm. and
2: now they're they're like, yeah, we're too old, we're done doing it. You know, but uh, that's not the case with Priest. I mean, man, they're yeah. still going
0: strong. Oh, new guitarist, uh, yeah, Andy Sneap. Well, he he's because uh, Glenn Glenn has the Parkinson's disease which he's had for a long time, but I guess now it's, it's caught up where it, it's to do. I mean, he laid down the album and it's phenomenal, but right. I think to, to do all those shows to, to commit to a full tour, I guess it was too much. So uh, he's replaced with Andy Sneap, uh, but Glenn is still apparently working on the next uh, studio stuff. So that's kind of an interesting way to like divide and conquer, like have a separate guitarist for the, the touring. And then, y- you know, you're, your you know original guitars can still work in the studio um yeah it's pretty interesting all
1: all the guitar nerds are wondering how did andy sneep do last night james
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, really good um it it was it was odd that it was like strange seeing him up there with them um but it it was totally you know they, they made the right decision if glenn couldn't do it then um it was good that they had somebody who they worked close with um from what I understand, he was he he was one of the producers on the album or an engineer. Yeah.
2: Andy Sneap is a pretty well known record producer uh, in in metal albums, and um, that's why that's why whenever whenever I read, I think you told me James was Andy Sneap was coming on. It was like right before I read it, and I was like, okay, well that's that's obviously the best choice, and that this guy is versatile, mm. and you know, I, I approve I hope, of this
1: substitution. Yeah, I, I yeah. really
2: hope that uh, I really hope he had a look on his face. You know, during the concert of like, holy shit, I'm on stage playing with Judas Priest because you know, if you're <laughs> if you're a metal producer now, that's got to be a lifelong dream, right? I mean, that's yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. Here's idea uh, to give you an idea. Of course, this priest, but there's also Accept, Saxon, Opeth, Amaranthe, Arch Enemy, Exodus, Megadeth, Cataclysm, Creator, Nevermore, and testament I mean, he's got some chops. He knows I mean, his shit. Yeah. Yes, he does.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was another producer on the album too, uh, Tom Allum, who was you know full time producers so it's two guys like co-produce it or like yeah i'm not really sure i'm sure one I, i'm sure uh andy sneet
2: probably assisted more with like the recording engineering side of it okay but uh, i believe the other producer, tom mm-hmm. he i believe he's done several of the old judas priest albums
0: yeah they apparently they brought back the same uh brought back producer but then they brought back uh like The artist who did the, the cover and everything, so yeah,
2: you can see that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very classic priest because I haven't got the vinyl yet. I ordered it recently, but uh, whenever I get it in the mail, I mean, it's gonna go right alongside of painkiller and ram it down, and you know, like it's gonna fit, you know, it's gonna look great. Oh,
0: cool, yeah, it, it was just like a strange thing just to see another guy because now both their guitars are replacements. Um, so it's kind of, um, I don't know, it's interesting just the fact that. Like the only original members were Halford and Ian Hill, which, well, even if you really want to get technical, there was a singer before Halford. Yeah, but, but uh, he
1: wasn't on. A, yeah, he wasn't on the album. He wasn't on British Steel. It doesn't count. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he wasn't on any of the albums. But uh, Al Atkins. But uh, it, it, you could potentially keep a band going for eternity if you just keep changing out members all the time. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, look at, look at
2: Kiss. I mean, Kiss is basically like essentially a new kiss like you still got gene simmons in there but like it's still you know like almost a different band entirely
0: yeah but it is disappointing i mean it's it's you know i'm not gonna lie it's like to see both of their guitars now you know not on stage but you know i, I think they they made the right decision uh you know this happened like just before a tour and uh yeah but it, it was it was kind of just like strange that uh I think he's the only one who doesn't look like a judas priest member like richie sure. Faulkner's kind of like he fit the look too uh, andy sneep has a totally different look to him right um so he did s- seem like he was he was there to um i don't know how to say this but it just seemed like he he wasn't there to show off he wasn't there to like you know make a big deal or anything he was there just to like do his role and he you know to just perform uh it was good almost like it was important
1: to present judas priest it's not about me it's about these guys i love these guys you love these guys yeah and i'm the lucky bastard that's up on stage with (laughs) them there
3: you go (laughs) well that's that was definitely how uh i I know tim the ripper owens felt back in the day mm -hmm. when he was for the two albums that he fronted
0: yeah i went back and I, i
3: listened to it it's not as good as i remember
0: Oh, I, I love Jugulator.
3: Yeah, Jugulator is good, but what's the other one? Demolition?
0: There's like uh, maybe three really killer songs on it. Um, th- there, there's probably a lot of weaker tracks on it, but uh, there's at least three. Uh, Machine Man and... uh. He just didn't show off enough of
3: especially on Demolition, just didn't show off enough of his range because after hearing him in Iced Earth, I think I was just probably just, you know, geeking out because I was such a big fan of his with the other bands that he had been with before Priest. Mm-hmm and listening to it and i was just like the halford stuff is just better
0: well for those uh, listening um uh, tim ripper Owens was actually the singer in a judas priest cover band called british steel and then it just so happened that you know he ended up singing for the real band i mean that's that's like one of the most inspirational uh you know fan stories you could have uh my first time seeing priest was uh was with ripper in like 2001 or 2002 and um i remember they were playing smaller venues there so my first time seeing priest was like is that the electric factory in philly which is like like small like little like warehouse and you can get really close if you get there early enough um i mean I know it's a little bit different now but uh but there's an area where you can get that it's like on a balcony that's to the side of the stage where you're so close you're practically on top of the stage. Like, you you, you really are. Um, so it, it was, like, face-to-face face with Judas Priest. Um, uh, but it wasn't Halford. But still, it was amazing. But once once Halford came back, then it was, like, it was kind of different, because then, then it's, like, you've you're seen him in big arenas again, and then... It's like, oh, now I I can't, I can't get that lucky now. Now they're back with Albert.
2: Right, you're not going to get that intimate experience. Oh no,
0: the
1: stadium must hold at least thirty (laughs) thousand. So how how is the
2: um,
3: the difference for you? Because I know that there's some bands that they play intimate settings much better than they would like an arena. I mean, granted, it's fronted by two different individuals, but it is a collective whole do you think that one was better than the other as far as a uh, a live experience
0: uh yeah i mean the the best judas priest concert experience i had was the one with ripper because of how intimate it was like insanely intimate like like you know you, like you make an eye contact with the the members of the band and um like i remember scott travis when he was like drumming he always does this thing where he like juggles his drumsticks and he's he's throwing him up in the air and he's juggling and like we're and you're all like we're just looking at him like wow that's so cool and then he kind of just looked right over at us and just kind of gave us a nod like yeah you you like that you know what's up (laughs) nice and and ripper like you know he'd like come over and then you know he'd just be like you know like like head banging with us and like it was just like that every concert after that is like a, a chaser now i'm never gonna get that same I saw Metallica once that close, but oh, wow. now it's like impossible to...
1: Oh yeah, you've got about 12 feet between yeah, you and the front you wanna, the stage. Not unless
2: you want to drop 400 bucks for a ticket, you know? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. yeah. Do you want to be in the snake
1: pit, James?
0: Yes. Do you really want
1: to well, be in the snake pit, James? Yes.
0: Like a $1,000? $5,000. Oh my God, you know, I tried... Well, first of all, the, the so they just did the... Not to change the subject to Metallica, but... They just announced the World Wired tour, so it's this is like another leg of the, of the you know, touring off the new album, and uh, they seem to be like playing like all different cities that they've never played. I guess like they're kind of hitting like spots that they wouldn't normally go to, and uh, I tried to get some tickets, and uh, the the prices jumped so much from one year to, to the last because I saw them last year but this year for some reason it's it's more expensive than it's ever been i i saw like six hundred dollars for like you know floor and stuff i mean some of those are resellers but still i think it was like maybe 400 before the resellers but y- you also can't even get them if you're, if you're lucky enough to even get the tickets to even have a chance to buy them but I don't know there's no way I'm I'm paying that much for Metallica. Right. You know
1: yeah. a, fr- a friend of ours once said when we were talking about what I, what band was it? Was it It must have been Metallica, Dan. Where it was $200 for the nosebleeds. Yeah. And I said something about, man, I would not pay that much for a nosebleed and he says, "Pay. Hey, I'll punch you right now if you want." <laughs> 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 it's
0: like $135 for the the nosebleeds on this one. before convenience charges so actually probably like like 150 and then uh oddly there's a back row If, if you if you uh buy tickets for the very very last row like the very very last one way back in the nosebleeds it it jumps all the way down to like 70 bucks or something i'm like why would just the last row uh cost that much and then well, like, wouldn't it suck to be the second to last? Like, oh, I'm already <laughs> <Right>. back. <laughs> Plus, if, but if I went back one seat, then, you know, I, I could I only have to pay, like, 70. See, that's me. I, I'd rather be only. either as
1: high up as I can be and not be able to see all the way to the stage or as close as I can get. But when you have to start pinching pennies in the middle, it's like, really, man? You're, mm. you're, you're, you're one foot forward, and your ticket was 60 bucks more than mine. Yeah. We've got a local... Amphitheater, we call it Mm Riverport It's changed names like 12 times Because companies keep buying it Yeah, I mean, it's it's Verizon, it's been whatever Now it's Hollywood Casino Amphitheater What the fuck, Jeff, really? Yeah, seriously, (laughs) that's what it's called (laughs) The grass used to be free You could go and sit in the grass You couldn't even see the stage But you could hear the PA It's been about five years, I think, since it was free And now I think the cheapest grass I've seen is 45 bucks Yeah, It's like somebody looked at the grass one day and said, you know, we got to pay somebody to upkeep that. (laughs) Why aren't we (laughs) charging for this? Right. (laughs) Well, that's the
2: hard part, like, for me, because, like, you know, we talk about on on our show, we talk about a really good combination of of well-known bands as well as, like, more obscure stuff. And Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm used to going to shows like, like. When, ever since I was a teenager until now I'm used to going to like uh, hardcore and punk shows and you know like metal shit like uh, like death metal shows and stuff and it was like 15 bucks at the door you know <laughs> like that sort of stuff so whenever uh, whenever we started this podcast we were like well we need to start you know going and seeing these concerts cause it's you know it's good press or whatever and like I'm looking at some of these ticket prices and I'm just like holy shit like anything above $50 I'm like oh my god are you kidding me you know <laughs> So to see some of these bands and, like, the people will pay it, like, 400 bucks to get, you know, super up close and stuff, and I'm like, what do are, what are the nosebleeds look like, you know? Uh-huh. And so when we show up and do the podcast the next day, it's like, yeah, uh, they looked like ants, but uh, they sounded really good, you know? Like, <laughs> it's, it's just funny to me seeing some of these prices, but especially for a band like Judas Priest, who, I mean, historically, I mean... Have they ever had a tour that wasn't like all the butts are in the seats?
0: Um, I mean, it was just with Ripper. I think they're playing smaller venues. Um, I don't know if, if they did all the time, but I know the, the Electric Factory, you know, is uh, which I, I love it when bands go there, or go to, go to small places because, yeah, I just love being up close. But it, it's rare. It's it's really tough to do when it when it's a big band like Judas Priest. I had pretty decent seats for this one. Like, not, not the best, but not n- definitely not the worst. Like, probably like 30 to 40 rows from stage, I think.
2: Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's yeah. not
2: bad. You get to see everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it definitely was like, it definitely had a good, you know, clear view and everything like that. So
1: in a modification to my previous question that we're going to keep a secret, <laughs> what song did you want to hear?
0: Huh, let's see. You know what I'm actually tr- I'm trying to remember if they played anything from Redeemer of Souls I haven't a... yeah I don't know because you know I, I've seen them so many times there isn't really like anything that I've, I was like you, you know like like there's no disappointments with anything it's like I, I don't care what they play because I've you know but yeah, you uh you weren't
1: pissed off at any point yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, no, yeah. yeah holy shit it's 2018 and
0: i'm watching judas priest right <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know I, i'm not i'm not really sure because like i mean i could probably think of like a bunch of stuff but I, i'm trying to think of something that i haven't seen them play at all like ever yeah you know actually you know what uh, i've never heard him play uh, one shot at glory uh, that would have been really awesome Nice.
2: They played Painkiller, right? I mean, I assume they played Painkiller cuz that's my they favorite did. Judas Priest song. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's like the most demanding uh with the vocals. Yeah. But he still pulls through with it.
2: That's crazy to me. I remember we were playing, what were we playing? Was it Rock Band or Guitar Hero? And i was trying to sing painkiller <laughs> and, <laughs> oh my god like that uh my throat still hurts from that and that was years ago <laughs> like that was i, I wasn't there for know, that.
0: like how to even try well
2: i couldn't do the falsettos uh there's a band called death that i'm a huge fan of they did a cover of painkiller so whenever i sang it i did the death vocals which is more of just like screaming than it is um than it is like the the falsetto like the really good you know I wouldn't say Rob Halford's voice is clean because it's pretty gritty in places. But, like, yeah. So I avoided the falsettos. And even then, though, the performance that the other band did when they were covering the song mm-hmm. was still so astronomically over the top that, like, you could barely you could barely keep up with it. And even, even their version doesn't sound as good as the Priest version because cover songs never do, you know.
3: It's the mm-hmm. only time that I'm going to say that I like a cover song more than the original artist. And I know we're ne- we should that's taboo because this is the Judas Priest episode, but the Death cover of Painkiller is the best cover I've ever heard in my life.
2: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, yeah, he did a really good... I mean, because <laughs> this is a singer that predominantly, you know, the band Death, they're, like, credited as being, like, one of the first death metal bands. So, like, most of this guy's delivery is always, like uh you know i mean it's and it's it's cool but it's not like in the style of judas priest so to hear them actually pull off a decent judas priest cover was pretty mind-blowing <laughs> like for that band like you had you had no idea that the guy could sound like that that he had any kind of you know you never had a hint that it was going to go in that direction so when they dropped that cover song it was like it was it was a big holy shit moment yeah
3: <laughs> totally mind-blowing yeah, if you if you get an opportunity and you haven't checked it out, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. I mean, it's it's definitely it's it's a harder, edgier take on painkiller, but it's still if it's
0: not already hard and edgy enough. Oh, I know, I know right? If you can yeah. yeah,
3: they seriously like cranked it up to eleven. It's unbelievable on 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 what it sounds like. It's, it's
1: not what you're expecting. No,
3: <laughs> especially if you've heard other other things that Death has done. It's it's like what. Uh, dan has said i mean it's real you know growled screamed and guttural vocals and then all of a sudden this guy can sing (laughs) you're like holy shit (laughs) and it was really good but yeah yeah painkiller is is uh is one of my favorite pre-songs i i actually uh surprisingly this week i I spent a ton of time listening to the old stuff like old old Mm -hmm. stuff from the 70s
0: But What I love about them is how they change over all the decades. Like, 70s priests sound so different than 80s and, you know, current. It
3: sounds like a mix between uh, Sabbath and Pink Floyd.
0: Yeah, and the Sabbath definitely makes a lot of sense because they, uh, you know, both from Birmingham. Um, And actually, since you brought that up, there's a song on there, uh, on the new one. Not just because it's it's called Children of the Sun, because, you know, Sabbath has a lot of children of the songs, like Children of the Grave children of the sea but children of the sun has this riff that reminds me of sabbath
3: yeah it's a it's a good song i the first this new album is just i i can't I'm, I'm still blown away on on just how complete it is i mean it, it's it's yeah. it's good for the- 58
0: minutes doesn't drag it's a long album yeah yeah a lot of these bands now they're going for like longer albums like if not like double albums
1: you mentioned all the different eras of Judas Priest and how they changed over the decades. Mm-hmm. What did you find first?
0: Well, the first one I heard was British Steel. So that's uh, pretty, you know, not, not out of the ordinary at all, you know, because one of my friends got uh, the British Steel album. And then, um, I think then he got painkiller and he showed me that he's like, Oh, James, you got to hear oh. this. And I'm like, is this the same band? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a hundred times more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. yeah. And, uh, um, I'm like, this is the same singer, and he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, geez, like he's like going so high with his voice. And then I think that the first album I actually bought myself was uh, it was Metalworks. It was the uh, you know the the greatest hits or whatever whatever you want to call it, compilation, anthology, whatever it is. Uh, and it was like a, a two disc set that had just like a a pretty um like random collection of songs, you know, on it. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it had most of the ones you'd expect, maybe, but there was like a lot of, uh, you know, like more obscure choices. Um, and so that was how I started. But then then I slowly started just like getting all the albums. And it took me a long time. It wasn't something that happened quickly at all. I think um, by the time I first got into Priest and by the time I actually got all their albums, it was probably like a good 10 year span, at least
3: what is it it's like 19 albums isn't it now i think this one was the 18th or
2: so even if this was 10 years ago you still had a 10 (laughs) 20 years ago you still had a hell of a job ahead of you to find you know it's like when you're just getting into iron maiden or just getting into metallica or black Sabbath. like it takes forever to find
0: all of that stuff it does yeah um,
2: and then when you factor in
3: b-sides and singles and all of that other jazz, you really it's really easy to go down the rabbit hole. There's so much yeah. stuff. So do you got any like cool box sets or anything like that for
0: them? Oh, for priest? Um, yeah. No, I mean, I pretty much just bought the albums like one at a time. Um, but I, I know they put out like some cool. Uh, like there's like met- that Metology one. And there was that one. I don't know if it was the same thing, but do you remember that one with the the CDs that they all go together and they make like a like a image?
2: Yeah, it's
0: like Judas Priest across them. Yeah, it's hard, it's a hard band. Like they have so many good, um, so much good material over the decades. It's really hard to like introduce somebody to them and be like, well, where do you start? It's it's pretty tough. Like I, I would. I, I mean I would make like a compilation I'd be like hey, look here's like five CDs <laughs> like five CDs narrowed like down um, from like 19 albums 18 albums that would be a long episode of playlist junkie
2: right yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right guys we're just going to do the whole albums yeah <laughs> um, well that
3: that's that's the fun thing about it, is that uh, like you talked about how they changed with the times I mean it's almost like if you introduced it to somebody you're like well which judas priest do you want to start with first i mean because there's so many there's so many different styles that they that they encompass i mean it just shows how you know good of musicians they are that you know they're not doing the same thing over and over and over again you know that they you know they expanded they grew you know and they didn't they really didn't have a very many in the way of false steps like a lot of other bands who you know try to keep up yeah, mm-hmm. I think they've always done a really good job of uh, staying, up, you know, up to speed. You can't say that about everybody.
0: Yeah, you know, they definitely keep up with the times. I wonder. Uh, let's see. Like any like recommendations uh, for people. Like even if you just go go buy albums. Uh, you know, on that metal show when they do the uh, the top fives. Yeah, It's our know, yeah. top five like recommendation. They, they debate over and everything. Like <laughs> what would you think if you had to do a top five Priest albums?
1: Number one, uh, Painkiller. That's my favorite too. <laughs> are we all in agreeance?
2: Oh well, okay. Mm. Oh god. I like Painkiller. I love it. It's my favorite song by like the song Painkiller. Mm. However, I would have to say that really you can't start with Judas Priest truly and get a good idea of what the band is without starting with British Steel.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
3: I was I'm actually in a, in agreement with uh with Dan. I think I think I would start with British Steel too cuz that was my first introduction to them. Mm -hmm. and I think uh, we've talked about with other bands discographies it seems like whatever you're introduced to first it tends to be what you want to go back to Mm -hmm. and and for me that was it Uh, I would have to say Painkiller is
0: a
2: very 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 close second we're talking like a percentage of different like 1% different yeah yeah it's hard to edge one out over the other
0: I think my personal favorite is always going to be Painkiller but uh, but to start somebody off with uh with one british steel is probably the best starter album but then um then once you get past those two then then it gets pretty debatable but i'd probably go screaming for vengeance
1: now firepower
0: (laughs) it has to be firepower
2: now firepower is in my top five (laughs) what about ram it down that's a good one i mean that's that's one of my favorites as well and i think that one's just as aggressive you know um it's not my favorite Judas Priest album, but like as far as like aggressiveness, like showing where the band was gonna go, because like we're we're talking about how amazed we were that Firepower sounds modern and sounds mm-hmm. really aggressive, and I thought Ram It Down was a was you know for the time that same step up of mm-hmm. of aggression, and obviously with Painkiller it was even more ridiculous than that, but yeah. like
0: first one with uh, Scott Travis, mm-hmm. yeah, down. Once the drumming definitely changes the feel of it, like I think once they uh, they got a different drummer, um, it, it definitely took it more in like a like a heavier you know path. Yeah, they
2: started taking influence of other bands from that time period.
0: You mm-hmm. know, yeah, like they had their 80s, you know, like glam rock, you know, turbo phase, and like then they had their uh, you know their heavy. Um, I think Victim of Changes is a uh, is also got to be up there. Um, the, uh, I mean the album, uh, Jesus Christ, why am I, I'm blanking on the, the album title, uh, <laughs> yeah, help me out with the album title, what, the one that has victim of changes and tyrant and genocide and sad wings of destiny, that's what it sad is, sad wings of sad destiny, wings yeah. of death. I can't,
2: I, for some reason I always call that record destiny. <laughs> I
3: don't know. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Laziness, it's I guess. But with the yeah. trident. has got the angel with the, like the trident on the necklace. And
3: here I was, thought that I was going to be uh, all hipster and cool
0: <laughs>
3: and, and 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 mention that one, and
1: you beat me to it. See the, one? <laughs> See the one no one's mentioned yet, which is number three on my list of what I would give a new listener, Hellbent for Leather. Oh yeah, 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 that's a good so then, one. Yeah. Nobody you know brings that up. They know they they think they remember the song, but they don't ever listen to the album. And for me, oh my
0: god, it's got Evening Star, and uh, that's that, that has the Green Man Alicia, which is a cover of Fleetwood Mac's song, which is odd. But uh, I I always think of it as a pre song, though. I mentally rope it in with British Steel. Like
1: to me, it's the same record, even though I know it's yeah. not. Yeah,
0: I think that's why. Because when you talk about British Steel, it, it somehow made it easy to forget. I'm glad you brought that one up because. Like I, I think that's, uh, it, it's definitely up there. That's the first priest I ever heard. My mother okay. was listening to
1: Ziggy Stardust, Black Sabbath, and Hellbent for Leather. Mm-hmm. So for me, that that will always stand out. Is I like this band. This is kind of cool. And then Billy oh. Idol came along a little later, and I was listening to that, and I said,
0: this guy clearly wanted to be everybody. I just remember one that, like, if you count live albums, um, Unleashed in the East because that's one that gets brought up a lot but i always forget about it cuz i'm like oh well that well okay well if you're count, counting live albums, sure but also um th- there's something odd about the album I, th- I think they didn't like they recorded part of it in a studio or something did you guys know anything about they
2: overdubbed about- it basically what they did is they recorded the live album and you know how every band is even though we think it sounds awesome they're like no we fucked this up we fucked this up we fucked this up so they oh, went, they went in and basically fixed it Okay. In, the, in the studio, and and I know that there was a lot of like controversy about that. Mm-hmm. I don't see it. I mean, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with a band feeling like they need to release the best sounding product that they can, mm-hmm. and if they have the option to do that, um, I'm not sure if it's something that I would do if I was in a band. But the, I, I, for the most part, I think I love the way Unleashing the East sounded, and I don't. I, when I'm listening to it, I don't hear like oh they overdubbed that. Or they fix that, you know what I mean? So, like, as a listener who wasn't at the concert, I don't think it really matters in the grand scheme of things because I'm listening to it, Mm. and I'm enjoying what I'm hearing. And, um, you know, Judas Priest isn't one of those bands that I'm going to sit there and say that, oh, well, they have to fix all their live stuff because it sucks. That's clearly not the case,
1: you know? (laughs) Well, that was the whole controversy because, you know, when Kiss did the first big live album, they overdubbed the audience and overdubbed some parts, and everybody threw a fit about it. And I thought about it later and I said, well, is the purpose of a live album to give you a glimpse into what a live show sounds like? Because if it is, they've achieved that. But all those mistakes and things that they didn't fix or that Hmm. they did fix, if they didn't go back later and fix those things, most people would say, why am I paying for this? This is nothing better than a bootleg. It's like, Hmm. well, which do you want? Do you want the feeling of a live show or do you want a bootleg some people like bootlegs i know every fish fan does and i know nirvana had the famous bootleg for years that finally got remastered and released and still sounded like shit still sounded like shit
2: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no i don't think it was taboo back then though like i mean people started criticizing it then but i mean unleashing the east is is for me like i don't i'm not a big fan of live albums I'm much mm-hmm. more of just like a, you know, I just want to listen to the studio version. You know, if I want to see it live, I'll pay to go see mm-hmm. the band live. But um, Unleashed in the East was one of those things where I wasn't that familiar with Judas Priest. And I remember a guy, you know, dubbed me a tape of it. And so that was uh, for a lot of those songs. Those were the first time that I ever heard it. So those those that recording just has a little bit of a special amount of nostalgia for me. So I'm not going to let somebody talk shit on it because it was you know overdubbed or they fixed it or or whatever you know a lot of bands do that they're just not as obvious about it (laughs) yeah
0: i I generally though like i mean it's a great album uh but it it sounds like i wouldn't know it was a live album even if you like if i just heard it i'd be like oh these just sound kind of like kind of like demo recording but like really awesome demos of like songs without like a lot of production in it um uh, it, like it's almost a studio album because it sounds so good. Uh, but I, I like to feel like I'm at the concert, so I like to hear the crowd noise and everything. And uh, a lot of the 70s um live albums, like uh, you know, Deep Purple Made in Japan, um, like something about the way they recorded live albums in the 70s, they just don't capture the crowd as much, right? Um, you hear it sometimes, but it's like it doesn't. You don't feel surrounded like you're when you're listening to it. Uh, like I don't feel like I'm really there. I still feel like I'm listening, you know, to an album. But uh, like one of my favorites, uh, like just for a good example, is a uh, um, Black Sabbath reunion. Like you, you really feel like you're there uh, when you hear that.
1: That's my favorite live record.
0: It sounds Mine's like a too. show. It does, yeah.
1: Parts of it bother me because it. Almost sounds like the microphones are too far away from the band, but when Ozzy oh. says, "Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Iommi," and it sounds like it sounds like I'm sitting in the audience listening to Tony just play for the next five minutes. Yeah.
0: you know that might be the trick. Like what you just said, it, it sounds like you're not. It doesn't sound like you're right there on the stage. It sounds like you're in the crowd, like you're 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 hearing it from, you know, the middle of the room. So maybe maybe that has something to do with how they they recorded it i'm not sure there's like a little bit like i don't know like you're hearing some more like the reverb like there's more like um you can actually hear the shape of the room but like you know something like unleashed in the east it sounds more like you just plugged it in and then that you're hearing it right off with the you know
1: it's a board recording yeah yeah all right guys we're gonna start adding artificial crowd noise to all of our podcasts going forward right because all
2: (laughs) because all these people we're gonna be the first
1: stadium (laughs) podcast
2: yeah you know maybe maybe in 20 years yeah but uh i think uh kevin smith already <laughs> yeah kevin smith got, the, got, the, the, lo- up, got the lock on that yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah no one of my favorite live albums is the uh iron maiden live after death Ooh, um very nice the, i got the dual lp i actually got it at a goodwill for like two bucks and i was like thrilled and uh mm. but yeah that one's that one's uh A lot of crowd noise and a lot of uh if you have a good speaker system set up you know it it definitely has the same appeal and that you're getting the whole dynamic range of of what you would have heard that night and Mm -hmm. uh and i really really enjoyed that about it but um did we ever make it to five albums on uh on our recommendations
0: oh i think we did we got a british deal painkiller screaming for vengeance sad wings of destiny hellbent for leather um but we also We've we also met, mentioned that uh firepower is like is up there.
2: Well, you could show firepower to somebody that never heard Judas Priest, and you know, yeah, it's it's still a great introduction to the band. Um, yeah. It's almost a return to form. You know, it's not like this is hey guy It's not some like lofty concept album or some weird thing. You mm-hmm. know, you can just pop firepower on, and, and you know, people are into it. You know, yeah. You don't have to know anything.
0: There's really no like rule book yeah. to, to start like you could really start with almost any of them. Maybe yeah.
2: maybe not Rock a Roll.
0: Rock a Roll like the one that uh even the band like just doesn't care much about. Like, they finally they played um n- not not last night, but they they played Never Satisfied finally like during some of their recent shows, but yeah.
1: uh, You almost gave away the secret there, James. What's up? <laughs> you almost gave away the secret.
0: <laughs> well, I said they didn't play anything from rockarola so you, i guess you go by process of elimination uh, I'm, I'm taking notes That take a while <laughs> <laughs> so i knocked one album off then uh but uh no i like Rockerolo though um but uh i remember it had that weird uh they had, had two covers for it one of them was oh my god do you guys know about the the, the whole cover thing
2: i know there's a coca-cola version where it looks like coca-cola
0: yeah, they did one that was like Coca-Cola and it just says, you know, rock a But then they went back and they're like, well, that doesn't really fit their, you know, image now. So they did this other one. But I'm going to say it was – there is a – oh, my God. See, now I'm trying to remember this. There was a Graphics 16 game or something. I'm going to look this up right now. That that had the exact same image.
2: That was the more epic image, right? The the one that was like – looked like a, like a painting um, of like this. Was that the one that had like the big muscly dude on it?
0: It's sort of like a, uh, I'll bring it up right now, it's like, yeah, it's like a, a weird sort of, uh, I don't even know what, like a gargoyle almost with like a sword, but it's yeah. sort of like a, a, like a cyborg.
3: Okay. Um,
0: it's like holding on to a missile.
3: It's like a cyborg chimera holding missiles and a sword and stuff. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Um, What is the game though? I want to figure out what that was, because I know I've seen it as a cover of like some video game, and this is going to drive me nuts, Final find this. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's <laughs> on a race now to and see turbo- who finds it first. Yeah, and if it, if it was a Turbo
2: Graphics <laughs> one, that's a, that's going to be more obscure to find. Yeah, um.
0: I didn't remember if it was Turbo Graphics, but the game is called uh Ballistics.
2: Ballistics, okay.
0: And it's uh oh, it's for the Amiga and Atari ST. Oh, okay. It was ported or was converted to a number of other home computers, uh, like the PC Engine, Turbo Graphics 16. So, yeah, if you look up Ballistics...
2: Yeah, he's got it pulled up right now, and it definitely it, it is the like same Blaster image. looks like Blaster Master almost. Yeah. It is the yeah, same image, the, yeah.
0: It's the exact cover image. uh was originally used for a novel, The Steel Tsar, hmm. and, and then they also used it for the reissue of Rockarola. It is weird.
2: And now, was this a copyright thing, or you think the artist just licensed it to... You know, com- you know, both come, you know, look to Judas Priest, you know, and did in the 70s and then, you know, license it to this game company, you know, 20 years later. It's not crazy. Yeah. But-
0: so it's, you know, I want to get the book, the game and the, the vinyl record of Rock and Roll and put them all up on my wall to side. you know, all the- <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wonder if the game's any good. It looks kind of good from some of the screenshots I've seen, but I'll, I'll check that out <laughs> later. Um That's interesting. I did not know that there was a game with that cover because my cover is just the just the the bottle cap you know Mm -hmm. it's definitely not my favorite judas priest record but again i'm the i'm the death metal guy in the in the room so i once once you start going that far back in sound that's whenever i start to lose a little bit of interest um but the uh i just liked how much
3: it showed how dynamic he was vocally because there's a lot of that stuff he sounds like a baritone yeah in the earlier stuff you know and you're like dude this is the guy later on you know that's screeching out these ear ear splitting yeah. you know vocals and painkiller
0: yeah even sad wings of destiny was like the the highest i think his voice like uh, like some of those 70s albums like he sings so ridiculously high oh uh, like on the song the ripper and, oh, that's uh, a good song. Yeah, like
3: I got—is that where Tim got his nickname? Absolutely, had it to is. be. Yeah, yeah. yeah I okay, think
0: because they auditioned with him. One of the first songs uh, he auditioned with Priest was "The Ripper," uh, not the first song, but one of them. And um, then he just kind of got the the nickname.
3: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I'm gonna go home and watch that cheesy terrible movie that's loosely based on the story <laughs> rock about
0: that i i and i've i've only heard bad things about it too
3: i i'm gonna tell you those people are elitist if you just want some cheesy schlock it's a great okay. it's a great movie
2: well yeah okay. and the band disowns it because it makes them look like assholes Oh, and it totally even, makes even, them look like assholes. Even Tim the Ripper Owen said even if it's loosely based on him or not, he's like it's completely misrepresented, you know, for, for how it really was. He's like, I don't have a problem with Rob Halford, you know, <laughs> or anything like that, you know.
0: Oh uh, really? They made it into like it was like a rivalry or something? A little bit,
2: yeah. They 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 inferred more stuff, you know, made implications, yeah, that that, that it was the like that. All right, I'll put it to you this way Rockstar is a chick flick.
0: Do they call him Tim the Rip Rowans or is it like no. just They okay. don't use
3: they don't use any of the names. And it's okay. Mark Mark Wahlberg is actually playing him.
2: i think they actually couldn't yeah. i think it was yeah. one of those like it started off as hey we're gonna make this cool movie about tim the ripper owens and i think everybody was on board they're like oh yeah that'd be cool and then once they started reading the script and getting the ideas i think everybody involved with the band started backing up real slowly you
1: oh. know like I don't towards think there the was, door i don't think
3: slow was involved i think it was uh, hell no yeah if you've okay. never
1: seen it it's worth a watch
3: yeah it's it's fun it's cheesy it, like i said it is total cheesy schlock but if you if you if you don't mind you know you know tuning in and then turning your brain off, it's it's perfectly fine.
2: It's definitely that kind of movie. <sighs> I don't know where to go from that. Sorry,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry man. that's
2: my bad. You turned my brain off during that. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, like firepower. Like I, I want to. I just want to throw out there that like I wasn't expecting it to be as aggressive as it was. Mm-hmm. and yeah, like cuz we were talking about the guitarists and having to switch up the guitarists and everything you know for the live show and everything and it makes sense in the sense that a lot of bands that are of the, from the same time period as Judas Priest are not rocking as hard as they were in the 80s <laughs> you know they're not rocking you know and that, that's that's true of most heavy bands you know and that they start off they start off really aggressive and it's weird with Judas Priest and the fact that they almost seem, as they go on, to become more and more aggressive. Yeah. So, like, every time they put out a new release, I'm like, oh, shit, what's this going to sound like? You know, because it's... I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the come down, and I haven't gotten that yet. I mean, it's always just been, you know, kick your ass, you know, <laughs> in your face yeah. kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, they've just done, like, every style of metal like just about
2: yeah that was one of the things about uh this record too i liked is that one thing i like about judas priest a lot is the lyrics because it's so like there's a lot of bands that just want to talk about tolkien or they want to talk about all these like power metal concepts of elves and dwarves and stuff what i like about judas priest and even and it's still evident on firepower too is that whole like mixture of just like like biology and technology you know like the you know like you you like the cyborg metal like they always incorporates the concept of metals (laughs) and things in and so to hear a song like firepower it's all about heavy heaven heavy weaponry (laughs) and uh you know and like talking about like flamethrowers uh
0: neutralize yeah neutralize in a song
2: yeah and it's awesome like it's it's like he, you know, like, I think the only thing that was, like, uh, really, like, kind of more, like, magic-y and stuff was, like, the Necromancer, but, like, you're still, you know, it's, it's 2018 and we're still getting lyrics about, you know, flamethrowers, you know, firing guns. <laughs> this, like, ap- kind of yeah. creates this image of, like, this apocalyptic landscape. It's mm-hmm. basically, like, uh, future 80s. Like, what they, people I thought the future dry, was going to be like in fire, the 80s. Yeah.
0: How weird is it that, um, uh, do you guys listen to Visigoth? Yeah, I, I love them. They're they're great. Um, uh, there's a metal band out of Utah that's kind of doing that that type of thing, as like Maiden and Priest, and okay. and kind of going into like the fantasy stuff with like you know Dungeons and Dragons and that type of thing. But um, they just came out with their second album just in like February, uh, pr- probably no more than a month before the uh, uh, Firepower came out. And both of these albums have a song on them called Traitor's Gate. What is the chance of two bands releasing a song called Traitor's Gate within the same month span?
2: That's <laughs> kind of crazy.
0: Yeah. Sounds like a little
1: Four Horsemen mechanic situation going on <laughs> Yeah, maybe. No, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so.
0: I mean, the songs are totally different, but. Uh, right. Yeah, but but yeah, they're they're really awesome. If you check them out, Visigoth.
2: Yeah, he's playing them right now. We, uh, I don't know if we told you this, but whenever we do our podcast, we he always has the band or the music or whatever playing yeah, in our yeah. headphones while we talk. And, yeah, I guess uh, so
0: you're rocking out, you know, with it mm-hmm. or anything.
2: That's why we always seem so excited, you know, because <laughs> yeah. we're like getting all amped up for everything you see the occasional drum solo pop out of me right yeah <laughs> yeah that's why that
3: the uh the rob zombie episode i
2: was really rocking out <laughs> oh my god we were so pumped up during that episode because it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. his music was so driving you know <laughs> like the whole time and uh yeah actually this band's pretty cool i'm gonna have to check them out later um visit yeah. how many albums do they have two
0: uh two now okay. um yeah I, I, a good song to start with is uh called dungeon master okay Uh, really good what are your final thoughts on judas priest yeah i don't know something about judas priest just makes me feel alive i don't know what it is but i think you mentioned something about the lyrics and just something like um i mean first of all it's just the fact that they have such a big catalog and and it differs like that you have a lot of um you know a lot of range with the the type of music they do um you know like what we talked about before that you know you could play two different songs and they don't even sound like the same band so like if you're in a heavy mood you can play the heavy stuff um yeah i I don't know um it's just something about it just is really uh something very driving um something very urgent i don't know how would you guys sum it up um yeah i mean to go with the
2: driving thing um yeah it's it it always kind of Especially being a predominantly heavy music fan, there's not really a there's not really a point, at least in the past 20 years, that I can't put on a, a Priest album and just absolutely just rock out. You know what I mean? Like we're talking like roll the windows down, turn the volume all the way up. I don't even care <laughs> if it's cold outside. You know, it's just one of those like uh, it's just one of those bands that they're instantly recognizable. You know, to to everyone that that's into that kind of music and I'm just—it's hard to put it in the final thought because, like, I still can't. Like, I'm listening to Firepower, and I still am having trouble getting over how good it is. Because, mm-hmm. like, we've we've listened to all these bands, we've done all these discographies, we've done you know all of it, and to hear and and we always get to a point in our discussions where we talk about the come down and like when the band stopped being great or you know whenever they stop. You know, I I just have never encountered that with Judas Priest, and it's just a testament to how to how great of musicians they really are. And I think it's really cool that, you know, that, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it sucks with the whole Parkinson's thing, but it is kind of neat that the band's going to go on tour. They're going to do all this stuff and dude's sitting at home writing the next album. And he is the kind of the mastermind of their sound at this point. So like, I think it's really cool. I think, I think we can expect really good ideas to keep coming from the band uh, over, you know, I don't, I don't see him. I don't see them stopping. I don't think they're going to have a farewell tour anytime soon.
0: Oddly, they they kind of did once, but then they immediately just kind of ignored it and that right. they, you know, I'll pretend we never said that. Mm-hmm. It was the Epitaph tour, and, and it was going to be the last one with uh, KK Downing, and um, I think he just he he bailed out before they could do the tour, and then I mean for his own personal reasons. I'm not even sure what it was but i guess it was just a personal thing he was just kind of done with it um and then uh they got richie faulkner in and i mean they got this guy just like seemed like out of nowhere and he's like amazing and then he revitalized the band so much that i think once they got him in there then they were like okay well you know we can keep on going so that epitaph tour was not at all the the final tour because they've already since then they, they put out Redeemer of Souls and now um Firepower, Like they've actually been they've been more active now than ever, it seems.
2: Yeah. Like a new band almost, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. What band says we're gonna call it quits and then just starts like doing more than they've ever done? Right. I'm not complaining. It's just what happens when you <laughs> figure out that you
2: were doing something before that wasn't working. And then you figure out what the missing piece was and you start realizing hey man there's there's nothing stopping us from keeping on doing this you know you hear that story a lot of things. So that's why i think it's interesting to see if slayer sticks to the um farewell mm-hmm. you know if they if they're really done or not
0: oh ozzy i'm I'm seeing uh, ozzy's farewell tour um so we'll see i mean they're actually calling it the no more tours Two because the first <laughs> time he did, you know <laughs> nice in the one in like 91 or 92
1: Right. He's going to be the heavy metal Terry Funk. He retires from wrestling 17 times. <laughs> nice. Jeff, your final thoughts? Well,
3: I think you kind of hit on it earlier. Uh, you know, they, they, they just kind of encom- encompass so much. And I think that's why I, I like him and appreciate them so much. It, it's, it's pretty easy. Uh, I mean, well, if you're willing to take the time, you can find something for whatever mood you're in because they have such a massive catalog, uh, they're so prolific. Uh, they're so varied and they're so talented. You will find anything for any mood, and I think that's why I like him so much. And I also love the fact that these guys are you know 60s plus. It's still kicking ass and taking names because when I'm in my 60s, I, I want to think that I can you know <laughs> I'm still a badass just like these guys are. I mean, because fire <laughs> firepower. I mean, I mean, holy shit. I mean, how go 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 find your grandpa? You know, and say hey grandpa check this out or dad you know for you know we're old, yeah, yeah. old enough it'd be our dad if we're being honest
2: yeah it's yeah. Our dad. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it'd be our dads and go you know do you still kick-ass dad <laughs> well i tried to but uh, i pulled my back out when i was trying and i'm like well check this shit out this is
0: awesome <laughs> <laughs> and the album is in caps you notice that it's firepower spelled all in capitals <laughs> yeah right it's like so they're like an so old
3: person on Facebook
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez You think that's what it was? They just had the cap flop <laughs> well, on? Well
1: isn't <laughs> This looks good yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the YouTube thing now? You have to make everything capital so everybody reads it?
0: Yeah, I, I like how there's no subtlety on anything. <laughs> no subtlety The album cover is the probably the least subtle of anything they've ever done I know there's so much like ammunition being blasted that the entire out-
2: yeah <laughs> the entire it is
0: is filled with firepower. Um, <laughs> Quite literally. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is it anyway? It's like some robot. Well,
2: of course it is. You know, <laughs> it's
0: a Judas you Priest know, cover. You know. When I first saw the, the cover, I didn't even like. I, didn't, I don't think I liked it the first second I saw. It, I'm like, wait, that that's that can't be it. But then I'm I start staring at it, and I was like, "Wait a minute! No, this is the best thing ever." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks
2: it looks exactly how it sounds, you know. <laughs>
0: and it that's, does, yeah. yeah, yeah. It starts right up like there's there's they don't you know I mean they did like that thunder and lightning thing on Redeemer Souls, but this time they're like, oh, "Look, let's just start with the music." Like you don't even get a chance to like brace yourself. It just starts up.
2: Yeah, it, it kicks ass. I mean, it's just. Whenever I heard that, because I mean, I expected, I expected to pop it in and I was going to listen to like a, at least like a minute long, you know, little diddly intro or something. No, fuck no. It's just, (laughs) you know, like, I mean, just right out of the gate. Fuck it, I'm playing Firepower again. Yeah, you play it as many times as you think the copyright copyright lawyers will let us.
0: Uh, (laughs) You get a guitar solo within like the first minute and a half. I know, uh, I know.
2: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right, Joe, what's your final thought? Yeah, thoughts?
1: Joe, sorry. We're, we're just geeking out over here. <laughs> I think Judas Priest is the flag bearer of heavy metal. I have always thought that. I think whenever you stack up the main players, yes, Black Sabbath is heavy as fuck, and they started all of this. And when you get over here with Dio and you talk about vocals, Priest has been there the whole time, and every time somebody else takes up the metal arm... And you think, okay, we're going to move on from here. Slayer's going to be heavy and brutal. Napalm Death is going to growl and be grindcore. And Metallica is going to keep writing songs and selling platinum albums for decades or until somebody gives out finally. But Priest keeps just, no, 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 this is mine. And they pick it right back up and they're still fucking heavy. And they've always been heavy. And every time they've put out an album, they've set a new standard of heavy. So they've kind of driven the change as well as championed the change over the past few decades, and I'm glad they're still here. And everybody needs to go listen to Firepower.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, also, I've noticed when you said that that uh, Black Sabbath, you know, they, they retired now, so that makes Judas Priest the the, the longest um, running, you know, heavy metal band, uh, you know, that's still that's still going.
1: They're still standing at the end of it yeah yeah well james do you have an album of the week or are we just all gonna say oh. it's firepower <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. what else you know actually yeah if i'm gonna take another one it's the new visigoth album it's uh uh i think it's called the conqueror's oath or something like that yeah but you you'll 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 find it it's got a, a great uh single called warrior queen so if you want to uh check out one song to start with look up the video for warrior queen
3: jeff what about you uh city by a strapping young lad
2: dan <laughs> i knew you were gonna ask me that's why i asked jeff uh <laughs> yeah and i gave it too too, too fast yeah, i've been listening to firepower all week and so it's like really hard to i didn't even go back and listen to a lot of the old priest stuff because i just kept list- wanting to listen to firepower <laughs> um so yeah i guess that's my album of the week as dumb as that is It's um, not
3: dumb it's great it
2: is it's just we're supposed to think of something trendy and cool to say during this segment, but uh, you know, I've been listening to Firepower. That's my album of the week. What am I gonna do?
1: Painkiller will always live in my CD tray in my car. As long as I have a CD player, there will be a copy of Painkiller in it. Painkiller is my album of the week. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> album, of my life album of life. Album of life, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad because
2: we we originally were just gonna do our normal thing. We were gonna record. We were gonna record, you know, album by album reviews of every <laughs> single record, and that would have taken for fucking ever, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. basically, whenever you were like, well, they got a new album coming out in March, like that, it, it makes the episode so much more interesting having that. Yeah
0: it's cool that it's not even a week old like i've never done anything like this where like i've talked about something so current um so i think this this is really cool
2: well james we love having you on man um i'll definitely keep you in the loop uh as far as bands and stuff that we want to talk about and um see if you're interested in any of it but definitely when that visigoth band gets to like three albums or so Mm-hmm. Um, we'll definitely probably want to talk about them cuz from the stuff that Joe played we're definitely uh yeah we were digging we were it into big it time. yeah <laughs> so
0: nice yeah i have a feeling that they uh you know i, ho- I hope they get bigger cuz i feel like they're a band that you know they they deserve to get some more uh you know attention cuz cuz not a lot of people know about them right now yeah
3: they got a good power at least the couple tracks we heard digging the power metal vocals
2: yeah yeah quite a bit well I just love the name visigoth i mean that's kind of uh kind of got that historical ring to it like saxon did you know yeah and so yeah it's really cool james thank you so much man uh like i said i'll keep you in the loop on everything i'll send you the link tonight or whatever but you'll probably see it on twitter anyway you know in the morning we like to blast it out there so
0: okay cool
2: very very cool so tell me
1: about this band polybius (laughs) (laughs) yikes okay see you guys all right we'll see see you thanks for being on all right yeah this has been episode 55 of discography discussion thank you for listening you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please, send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. James Roll from Cinemassacre. No amount of thank yous will justify the effort. See you in the future.
3: I'm a big uh, Christopher Lee fan. You know, he he was a big fan of metal up until the you know, the, the day that he passed.
0: Yeah. So so
3: I'm just like I'm just thinking like what you know, since we talk about priests just getting heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier, and uh-huh. I'm like so and Richie th-
0: Faulkner it- did uh, some of that. So that they actually overlap. Yeah. So there's that your connection from Christopher Lee to Priest.
3: Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I I'm
0: interview uh, <laughs> Bob Halford does a really good Christopher
3: Lee impression. Oh, does he really? I got yeah. I gotta hear that. Oh yeah. That's awesome.